Everything you know about health is about to change. Welcome to Straight Talk on Health with Dr. Vincent Medici. Sometimes people suffer, not from lack of faith, but from lack of knowledge. This is the show that changes that. If you are tired of being sick, tired of not getting answers, tired of spinning in circles, for healing is not a mystery. It is a miracle that you were designed to experience. It takes hard work and real knowledge. It takes patience and time. It takes the education this show can provide. So get it straight today. Here's Dr. Medici. Good morning. I'm Dr. Vincent Medici. Welcome to the show. Today's show, Disease is an Adaptation. Now, I've been harping on cancer for the last month or so, and there's a good reason because if we were to bring our perception of what drives cancer to a healthy, normal cell adapting to an environment that it didn't like, well, if we understood it on the basis of cancer, which will very shortly claim or will will reach what you have to admit at this point is an endemic proportion, meaning one out of two people will see cancer, will be diagnosed with cancer. And that's about where the statistics are. If they're not there already, they're definitely approaching. Now, if you look at it like that, clearly we're doing something wrong. And we are. And despite what the NIH, et cetera, guarantee us is on the way that's going to save us. Nothing's going to save us at this rate unless we start to change our perception of it. It's up to us. It's not up to somebody curing it. And that's why I've been harping for the last month on this concept that cancer is an adaptation. But you see, I could extend that to all disease is an adaptation. And it just makes good common sense which should mean something, but you see where the public has been deceived intentionally is that your good common sense doesn't count too much. What counts are academic degrees and stacks of credentials and all sorts of marketing behind new ideas that sound good when you do your YouTube searches and you listen to the six o'clock news. And that's the hype and it really isn't true. We've been taught now to divorce ourselves from common sense. What do I mean by common sense in this regard? It's common sense that if your cells, pick an organ, a brain, a liver, a kidney, sit in an environment they don't like, they're going to do something about it. And ultimately, when they start to run out of effective, minimally invested solutions, they get to the drastic solutions. And this is how one should understand disease and cancer. In the case of cancer, with no choice left but to kill itself, the cell will decide to go into a eternal replication pattern. We say cancer is a situation where cells become immortalized. That just means the cell cycle, which includes the mitotic phase, which just means at some 24-hour cycle, say, to make it easier, the cell will start to multiply because it's supposed to, because you've worn off all the skin cells. You've depleted all the epithelial cells in your lung, 
in your bronchi or in your digestive tube. And so the cell has to multiply to replace the old dead cells. That's just common sense, right? Well, if you inflame and irritate those cells enough, that replication pattern will go cuckoo clock and they'll start replicating at a much, much higher rate. However, they will change who they are. Their progeny will start to look more like if two very beautiful people hooked up, got married, had a baby, and instead of the baby looking like the extension of two very lovely, healthy parents, the baby came out deformed. The baby came out like Frankenstein. And then when that baby grew to adulthood and that baby met another potential and they mated and had a child, the child looked even more like Frankenstein. And that's what cancer is. But that's really what disease is. If you smoke cigarettes, if you live down there in those very toxic places like California, all of it, but to focus on some places, not to be prejudiced or anything, but Riverside in the summer. Of course, my favorite, San Pedro and Long Beach near the port. But it's really kind of everywhere. It's kind of industrial cities or areas, which includes suburbs. When the poisons from the air hit the epithelial lining of your bronchi, your bronchial tubes, as in bronchitis, when those cells continually become inflamed because the poisons and the concentration are just more than the cell can handle, then the cell type, the histology of the cell, histology, the type of cell, in this case of the bronchi, epithelial columnar cells, which have little whiskers on the end called cilia, which sweep up, you smokers know, know this, you sweep up all the poisons with these cilia that line the bronchi. They're called epithelial columnar cells, ciliated. When your lungs, when your bronchi have had enough marijuana, enough cigarettes, enough cigars, enough secondhand smoke, Enough of Southern California. It's a lot more like Southern California and a lot less like Big Sur. It's a lot more like Big Sur up the coast and a lot less like Alaska. When finally the toxicity levels hit a concentration, your epithelial cells in the lining of your bronchi say, I can't do, I can't deal with this anymore. You can suck down all the antioxidants you want and listen to all the health talk radio shows that tell you what to take to reverse the damage and this, that, and the other thing. But the cells say, I can't do this anymore. And the cells change their histological form. In this case of the bronchi, the cells lose their cilia, which they need. They lose their cilia. And they no longer get classified as columnar cells. They become squamous cells. So they change their histology. Now, I'm not talking about cancer. I'm talking about 
bronchiectasis. Lots of people get bronchiectasis. You'll see this in emphysema. Any of these inhalation, exhalation, pulmonary diseases are like this. Here's another one, esophageal cancer or bad esophagitis. It's called Barrett's syndrome. The lower end of the esophagus becomes lined with squamous cells and not columnar epithelial cells. When the reflux, usually from anxiety and worry, and but it can be structural too. When the acids reflux, they burn the part of the esophagus just above the diaphragm, and you develop Barrett syndrome. You don't know you have it. All you know is you have and you have heartburn, to which then your MD gives you a proton pump inhibitor and gets you even sicker. And of course, that's in the literature, but nobody reads the literature because reading isn't something we really do anymore. We need someone to talk to us on YouTube. So what happens when you have Barrett syndrome? The columnar, the epithelium of the inner lining of the lower esophagus, upper and lower, changes again. Sound familiar? I just explained that with bronchiectasis. Now, you can apply this to many diseases. Cancer is a great example of that. Now, what are these cells trying to do? What are the inner lining, the cells on the inner lining of the epithelia of the esophagus trying to do? What are those cells in the bronchi trying to do? What are your cells of the cervix trying to do? How about the skin? How about the brain? They're trying to adapt. Adaptation. So we come along and we go, we're going to kill that disease. We're going to reduce your symptomology. I know you're busy, Mr. Smith, and I know you don't have time, and you probably don't even care. I know you got to get back to the office. I know you've got all the reasons in the world to just expect to show up and simply get the drug, take the surgery, or worse than that, be lied to about the power of these so-called natural remedies, which don't work about 90% of the time. We know you're too busy to even consider any of this. So we're not going to tell you that the best we can do is curtail the symptom with the herb. I won't even get to surgery and pharmaceutical drugs. I don't need to. I'm not talking about your standard medicine like MD hospital. I don't even want to deal with that. I just want to deal with your realm. Those natural solutions are usually just there to reduce symptomology. They're not into having you learn that that problem is an adaptation and you have to get to the causes of the adaptation. That is the art of diagnosis, and that's the art of therapy. And if you were to say, in the case of, say, something like cancer, that the normal cell has become hyperplastic, meaning the cells, I'll take the uterine cancers, ladies, the cells on the inner lining of your uterus 
are not normal. There are too many. And so off the endoscopy, the, the histosc- hysteroscopy that was done, your OBG tells you, well, I took pictures up there and it looks like you have hyperplasia and your lining is too thick. It's at eight or 10 millimeters. It should be four, but it's at 10, but no problem. We'll just keep an eye on it. They're telling you there are too many cells. If they see that those too many cells have not been recognized, in other words, the message that hyperplasia or the early stages of adaptation, you can do this with any organ. If those early stages of adaptation are not amended back to normal, then you might start to border on more serious signs. And one of them, as it relates to cancer, is called dysplasia. Dysplasia is when an aggressive oncologist, if they have any reason to, will begin to, will begin to, in fact, will begin to suggest maybe surgery. If you have dysplastic cells, in your cervix, in your uterine lining. If you have dysplastic cells anywhere they can find dysplastic cells based on what? Biopsies? Short of cancer. They'll say cut it, especially if they can hook it into a genetic predisposition. Is it in the family or can we take some sort of test to show you that you've got either congenital or sometimes adaptive markers genetically that would make it seem like you're more likely to get cancer. They'll give you that option to cut it out. We'll take out your cervix now. We'll take out your breast now. We'll take out your ovary now. We'll take your thyroid now. And this is the way it works. And the doctors, of course, are taught that the standard of care, meaning if you want to be a good medical doctor, that's what you do. None of this really hits the point. The point is why and what is driving that adaptive response based on whatever cell type you're looking at. And this is really the spawning of real medicine. You aren't getting real medicine generally in the alternative camp. And you're not getting real medicine generally in the West, meaning classic allopathic medicine. Both paradigms tend to skirt the issue. Both paradigms tend to talk, use words, and both paradigms tend to accidentally or sometimes purposefully delude the public because you don't have enough education to understand the meaning of those words. And that's where we have to kind of change the way we approach this. You learned enough about how to invest your money. You learned enough about how to love your wife or husband. You learned enough about how to love God. Well, with that comes something about health, and it's a lot more than going to the health food store and buying organic food. That is the reality of it if you want that return. And it amazes me how ingenious we are to continue to skirt this issue. When we're surfing YouTube... We're basically learning health things, only left with an absolute labyrinth of choices that we're never going to be able to 
relate to ourself. And we still think that if we listen to the various servers on YouTube that give us solutions about all sorts of problems, if we just keep trying stuff, we're going to land on it and it's all going to go away. And there's not enough time spent to create the mindset that allows you to navigate yourself to resolve symptomology or disease processes. So this is a hole in our game here. And this is where we should all, whether it's medical doctors, chiropractors, acupuncturists, yogics, massage therapists, the general public, be working. It's not happening enough, though. We've got a lot more to do in this vein. So my advice to you, and, and I've been stressing this in the seminars we've been doing, we've got part two of this seminar this Sunday. We're doing the second part of what I started a few weeks ago, and that is cancer prevention. But the focus to the crowd that comes, that has come, is that they start to understand some of these things so that when they apply therapy, like here's rule one. Rule one, when you apply therapy, is forget about your symptom. It's not going to go away quickly. If you've had it five years, four years, three years, two years, 10 years, 20 years, it's not going away in six months. And I know, of course, that's not true because there's always somebody that says, ah, that, bat, bat. that's who writes the book. That's who sells it to everybody. But the other 99%, 99%, the very high percentage of people that have chronic symptomology or diseases have to work at it for one, two, three, four years for it to go away. If everyone understood that, the alternative healthcare industry would collapse. So no one's going to tell you that. When you walk into a naturopath or a chiropractor or an acupuncturist's office and you ask them, how long is this going to take? They are very inclined to give you the upside of that. Well, I've known patients that have like gotten rid of this in six weeks. And statistically, this just is not true. But people are reticent to say that because the American public has bought the fact that it's got to be fast and easy. If you're a good doctor, if you're really a good doctor, I shouldn't have to deal with this tumor or this chronic ulcerative colitis or this gallstone or this autoimmune disease. I shouldn't have to deal with this more than six weeks, maybe two months. Or, yeah, yeah, doc, I know I have to work this. Talk to that guy six months later. So what we've done is we've crystallized this kind of feudal perception of process in the mindset of people who are either looking for radiant health or looking to get rid of symptoms they could live with anyway, or people who can't live anymore because their health is so bad. We've convinced them to buy into a bunch of, statistically speaking, falsehoods. And so rule number one is, if you pay somebody, directly or indirectly, for counsel and therapy to get rid of what you've got. Pack a lunch. It may take a year or two years. Now, you know, when you're young in practice, you don't want to think that way. You want to think 
if it's your first year, your second year, that there's always some genius out there, 10 to 20 to 30 years older, that knows more than you, which may well be true, and that, of course, is delivering these miracles. Because those doctors that deliver these miracles, I have to tell you, are working very hard with marketing teams to make it appear like they deliver miracles. And there's this really smooth kind of mindset in natural medicine. You know, naturopaths, chiropractors, acupuncturists, nutritionists, that kind of thing. There's this really smooth mindset underneath all the reality that says, look, in the end, you know, I got to get paid. And this is where doctors spend more time in marketing and website design and testimonials and books and ebooks and all sorts of stuff that have to leave you with the voice of hope. No matter what you have, it's going to go away. And although, okay, fine, to some extent, that's good. To the other side of it is, three months into it, when it hasn't happened, you, the consumer, have decided it's failed. See, we set you up for failure in the name of, I don't even want to get into it, but in the name of whatever, we set you up for failure. So rule one is, get rid of this idea. It's going to be gone soon. Because it may take you, who knows? Number two is, you know when you really see people heal? When the journey becomes a pleasure. Yeah, oh, easy for you to say, Charlie, you're not in pain. Your life hasn't changed. You can still work. I can't. The journey's a pleasure. Sorry. Tough truth. But if you look at people who do heal, they get involved. It's like they're excited about it. They're not afraid to try something, suffer. They're not afraid to do something, get a headache. Do something, have more pain. Do something, vomit for three days. Do something, lose money. Buy something, find out they wasted their dollar. They're not afraid to throw it up on the wall. They're not afraid. There's number two. Number three, they start to understand that they have antennas. We all have antennas. When we're sick, we have to use those antennas so we know how to pass judgment on what we invested in. We have these antennas, and those antennas, those antennas evolve, they develop, they discern better at a faster rate so that what you bring to yourself as a potential therapy, you can get a response to. Your body gets better at sending you messages and you get much better at listening to the messages your body's sending you. There's another one. And so on and so forth. What people ought to be doing, if medicine... And I don't mean Western medicine. I mean natural medicine. Chiropractor, acupuncture, nutrition, yoga, massage, that medicine. If natural medicine were working in a better way, however well intended it is, what it would be doing is asking you, the consumer, the patient, the client, to come into a room and bring your children, every sick person, Grandma, grandpa, parent, bring your child. 
and have everybody palpate into the texture of the tissue in a healthy child or an animal. And you'd soon learn what I mean by clean, a clean intercellular space, a low inflammatory, relatively unbridled tissue type, someone that's existing without a lot of scars. Meaning in intercellular space, the feel of a tissue, when you can rest assured the intercellular space is relatively clean. And then you put your average 70-year-old on that same table. And it wouldn't be long before John Q. Public could discern the difference in the way each of those two people felt. The little kid, the 10-year-old girl, 10-year-old boy, and the 70-year-old man or woman. Oh, yeah, of course. Tell me something I don't know, Medici, because, you know, uh, these people are old. Of course, they're going to feel like that. They're old because their intercellular space is filthy. It's a filthy canal. And if you've ever taken someone that's much older and regenerated them, their tissues start to feel youthful again. Now, what does that mean? As much as disease is an adaptation, you're reversing that adaptation as measured and discerned by the texture of the tissue. Now, there's a bunch of laws. If you can begin your journey on the premise that disease is an adaptation in the wrong direction, and you can measure how you can push disease back the other way in the right direction, you have an entirely different approach. Does that sound like which supplement you should take to cure your cancer or your infection? Does that sound like which food you should eat? Not really. You see, there's things underneath, underneath, underneath. And if you watch people that do heal, they figure it out how to attach to all of them. I'm going to continue this seminar next Sunday. You can stream it for three months. It's 150 bucks. You ought to join. It'll be the beginning of something big for you. I've got people at the order line, 714-850-1007. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Okay, that's a wrap. Don't forget to get to Dr. Medici's website at drmedici.com to look at the pictures and review the show as often as you wish. See you next week.